so yeah, when I was at Amazon, um, what was really exciting to me, like at the time, um, there's a lot of, um, improvements that could be made, um, through packaging. So when I got into zero waste, especially, I was like constantly thinking about packaging and how we can, you know, reduce waste. Um, and we have, there's a whole packaging team at Amazon and there's packaging innovation and all this. And that was my friend, Summer Hansen, vegan and zero waste living advocate. And this is episode 10 of Into Intentional. Welcome to Into Intentional. My name is Christy, or better known as Sedona Christina in the YouTube internet land. I'm a wellness enthusiast, sustainable and ethical living advocate, entrepreneur, and believer in the power of doing. During my own wild journey towards a place of self-love and intentional living, I found magic in the voices of others to power me through. Into Intentional is a space where we do just that. We peek into the minds of inspiring humans, passionate about intentional living, be it mindfulness, wellness, fitness, nutrition, sustainability, entrepreneurship, or self-care. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and spending time with me. Now let's jump in to the show. Hi guys, happy 2019. Welcome back to the podcast. I can't believe this is the first episode in 2019. This is crazy. I still even, part of me like can't believe it's 2019. I just don't know where 2018 went at all. But anyways, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for this year, not only for, you know, what's in store for this show and a couple of things that are coming your way, but also just for the year that you're going to have and we're going to have together and how much growth time and has the opportunity of bringing and how lucky we are to have this opportunity to continue to live and breathe and explore and learn. Life is just cool, man. Life is cool. Um, I hope that we can grow and inspire life together. I'm not really quite sure where I'm going with this. But anyways, welcome to 2019. This is the first episode of the year. The my end goal for this year, really my only goals that I've set ahead for myself is to create more episodes of this show, more episodes of the podcast, more YouTube videos, and to just continue to share all this stuff, um, opening our ideas and our minds to alternative ways of living, to new ideas and things that we can incorporate into our lives, to other people's stories. That's part of why I started this podcast was just so that my platforms weren't just, you know, my own voice and and me like telling you, this is how I live. I want to open up my platforms to other people's voices and other people's ways of living and ideas and opinions and all that stuff that they've got going. So cheers to more of that in 2019. Um, This episode, I have my new friend Summer on the podcast, Summer Hansen. She is a vegan and a zero waste living advocate. She's been on this journey for a number of years now, and she actually comes from a really interesting background in that she grew up alongside of you know, political environmental activism a little bit. So we chat about that a little bit in this episode. We also chat about her vegan journey. Uh, She was a runner at Princeton throughout university. And so we chat about that a little bit. We definitely do 
dive into the whole um, political activism versus consumer activism within sustainability. We talk about zero waste and just the changes that you can make in your life to live a little bit more sustainably. And we also chat about her background working for Amazon, which was very eye-opening for me and very interesting to hear about how she helped them with their sustainable initiatives and um kind of how she felt working for Amazon literally it's weird because being where we live this is like Amazon headquarters over here and it's really everywhere and so it always is really interesting for me to meet people who work for the company and to just like peek inside because it's I mean it's obviously one of the biggest companies in the world right now um so we do chat about that a little bit and just all in all sustainable living and self-help and kinds of stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, Without further ado, here is my interview with Summer Hansen. Good. How are you? I'm great <laughs> on this fine evening yes. in Seattle. <laughs> thank you for coming to my No, home. thank you for having me. <laughs> it's like awesome to connect. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, let's just start with like a little bit of background information. Where are you from? Where you grew up? What you did growing up? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Bellevue, Washington, but I was originally from Gainesville, Florida, Okay. Um, I lived in Florida till I was eight, and um, then we moved here. Um, my family, I have my parents and two older sisters. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Bellevue, and I was super into sports starting in middle school, kind of. And um, yeah, I did gymnastics, and then in high school, I got really into track and cross country, and I even did wrestling in high high school. Um, And yeah, track ended up being my strong suit. And I, um, in high school, I actually won the state championship for 800 meters for two years in a row, my junior and senior year in high school. And um, so you weren't just like into track, like you were, you were good. You were really good. So that's what I, yeah, that's what I wanted to go to college for was, um, for track. Did you um, ever think that that was like a career path for you? Was that I totally, a I, I never thought of it really as a career, but I definitely was like, I'm going to go to the Olympics someday. Mm, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, I totally had that dream and I was like, and I'm going to get a tattoo. Like when I go to the Olympics, I'm going to yeah. get like this tattoo on my ankle. Wow. So you really I, did think about it. <laughs> I thought about it. It was like, I knew it was a long shot, but I was like planning for it just yeah. in case. But that worked out well for me because I also, I planned when I was a freshman in high school, we had these banners in the gym for anybody who won state, they would have their name on a banner in the gym. And I was like, I had never run or anything before. And I didn't know what sports I was going to do, um, but I looked at the banners, and I was like, I'm going to have a banner up there, like, and now I have two, so nice, cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Goals achieved. Yeah. So I didn't get to the Olympics, but I got, you know, But you ran stuff. in college, right? Yeah. So um, I ran at Princeton, um, which is in New Jersey, so I flew across the 
country over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an amazing experience. Um, some of my closest friends are from my track team in college. Yeah. Um, some really amazing women. It's crazy how much sports does like really bond people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in high school, like the first time I went to state um, and I was like huddled up with these girls. Um, we were waiting to get our medals or something. Um, and I was just like, it took forever to like get up the, get up to the podium. And so we just spent ages talking and I was so amazed by these women or girls at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> when does that threshold, like when does that happen? I just think What's when you turn 18, between? you're a woman. 18, okay. Yeah, I guess or, fair I'm, enough. In every culture, it's different. Yeah, definitely. I do remember having the moment though where I like looked at myself, I was like, I'm a woman. Yes. Like, I had that like realization, <laughs> like I'm not a girl anymore, I'm a woman. <laughs> yes. Um, Crazy times. Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, just being around, you know, passionate, dedicated athletes. Um, I remember in that moment, um, I was like, I want to be around people that are this driven always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I loved, I loved the energy of this like hardworking athletic crowd. Um, and then Princeton, I went to, um, visit on my recruiting trip and I stayed with, um, one of my really good friends now. Um, uh, my friend Jackie hosted me. She was a freshman at the time. That's so funny. And so I, I like clicked with her. I clicked with a lot of people on the team and just knew that it was the right place for me. And I was thrilled when I actually got in. (laughs) Yeah. How did that go down for the like four years? Did you, did you run all four years? Yeah. So, um, I ran all four years. Um, I did cross country and track and, um, I primarily focused on track. My freshman year, I actually got injured during cross country season, which Mm -hmm. was a huge bummer. So I was like, um, you know, I would just cross train. So ride a stationary bike all the time. And that's actually when I got really into yoga. Um, my amazing all-time favorite yoga instructor was, um, uh, in Princeton. Her name was Gemma. And she had a studio called Gratitude Yoga in Princeton, and we had... Is it still there? Mm-hmm. So anybody in New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend going one, to one of Gemma's classes. Um, so, yeah, my team would have um, private yoga classes with her um, every week. And so I started, like, I met her through that. Um, and then when I was injured and I just didn't know how, how to get my energy out. I think I had, um, I don't know, in high school, I would get, I kind of used like anger as fuel sometimes. Um, and I would, you know, get really amped up and focused and like kind of crush races and I'd be all about beating people and whatever. Um, and then I didn't have an outlet for that kind of like intense energy my freshman year. Um, and so when I went to yoga, I got, I, 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 um, I think of my high school as my vicious summer era. Okay. And then <laughs> when I got into yoga my freshman year, I like 
lost vicious Simmered summer. down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I got really zen. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really good for my mental health. Yeah, that's so funny how just doing one simple act can change, like your whole demeanor can change your whole everything. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I think just um, that kind of like finding ways to settle my mind and um, calm myself without doing such intense activity. Like I think sometimes intense activity can perpetuate um, these kind of angry feelings that we have sometimes. Some yeah. people, For some people, it's an outlet to where it kind of releases it, but I think it's also in a way like normalizing that kind of intensity. Um, so when I did wrestling in high school, what I, I ended up quitting, um, partially because I wanted to focus on running, but also, um, I found that I was really angry all the time when I did wrestling. Cause it's, mm. you know, you're fighting people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's like, you kind of have to get angry at someone to fight them well. Right. Yeah, I remember I, I, like, dated a kid in high school who was on the wrestling team, and it was, like, the whole team just had this really intense, like, I don't know, thing going for themselves. Yeah. And I think, like, the whole idea of everything that you're doing in your life every day, like, the little things that become routine, even if they're uh, something simple that you don't think affects everything else, they totally do. Like, for example, if you're... I realized lately that my fitness has just become very mundane and routine. And then I feel like that's affected my work and everything that I do from day to day. It became mundane and routine instead of when I'm trying new things in fitness, I try new things in work. It sort of like goes hand in hand. So yeah, it's very interesting that you brought that up because I was just thinking about that this morning about how my, the small routines that we do every day that are like our me time, I feel like that affects everything else in a way Mm -hmm. yeah I I definitely think it's true like that energy that you have in different aspects of your life carries through yeah totally like it's still one life even though you're compartmentalizing everything Mm -hmm. it's still your total life if that makes sense (laughs) so true yeah yeah so you you were at Princeton and what was your major what were you studying outside of yeah so I studied public policy Um, Technically, it was called Public and International Affairs. Um, I started uh, thinking I was going to do engineering and then um, tried that for a semester and I was like, nope. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I ended up, I think I ended up doing Public and International Affairs because um, I just kind of gravitated towards you know, classes I found interesting. And then I was like, well, a lot of these fit into that majors and I just want to take these classes. And, um, I think that's a funny way to choose a major and I'm glad I did it that way because, um, I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like that's such a smart way to choose a major, (laughs) but you wouldn't think about that. Like I would have never thought about that in college. I mean, yeah, take, take the classes (laughs) that you want to take. Exactly. Sense. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I was like, well, I want to learn these things and I don't, I mean, the major name of it didn't mean a whole lot to me. Mm -hmm. It was more about what I was going to learn. Um, so I, I was fortunate to, um, take a lot of interesting classes. Like I studied, um, 
ethics and economics and um, history and uh, sociology and all sorts of things like that. And at the same time, um, I was um, also focusing on environmental science. So, or at Princeton, it was called environmental studies. Um, So I took a lot of classes related to the environment and probably would have gotten a certificate, which is like a minor in that also, but I kind of split my time between that and visual art. Okay. So um, I did a lot of visual art, um, mostly photography and graphic design. Okay. And then, um, yeah, so those were... Like what, what did you, you think yeah. that you were going to do with that after after college or you just, <laughs> were, just didn't have a plan? I did not have a plan at yeah. all, but I was surprisingly fine with that. Yeah, I, good. yeah. Really good. I think one thing that has served me well is comfort with uncertainty. Mm. Um, and like there's definitely been times when I am less comfortable. I can definitely think of times where uncertainty has really stressed me out, like if I don't know where I'm going to live or something. Yeah. Um, that's scary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, for, for jobs, I, um, most, most of my friends or people I knew kind of had a plan when they were graduating of where they were going to go, um, what they were going to do afterwards. And I did not. Um, and I was like, it's fine. I'm going to figure it out. That's what after college is for. I was like, I'm going to have a fun time and, you know, um, focus on what I'm doing here now and then figure out what I'm going to do later, later. Yeah. (laughs) Be present, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So like throughout, um, uh, throughout college, I did a couple internships. Um, I interned at the office of sustainability at Princeton that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So sustainability has always been like a thing for you then? It's been big, yeah. yeah. Um, How would you say that started? Like what age? So my my parents are pretty into sustainability okay. and, and the environment. Um, my mom especially. So like throughout my childhood, I was always either riding on the back of my mom's bike to get to work yeah. or not work school oh my god I love that yeah it <laughs> was like really embarrassing <laughs> like when I was in elementary school and I had this little seat on the back of my mom's bike yeah and that was not a thing at the time I see way more people doing it now yeah I was gonna say because I guess in Seattle it's not super abnormal here yeah it to... was in Florida though oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> so but um yeah I did that for a little while when I was really little and then after that I always walked or biked to school until high school when I got a license and I was like I'm gonna drive yeah um all the days <laughs> yeah the feeling. only time I've ever driven yeah. regularly was in high school <laughs> um so I mean we've focused on on you know getting around without a car and my mom would always make sure that we lived close to a grocery store and close to our schools so that we could walk to whatever we needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that yeah. way of life. So I definitely yeah. do that now. I yeah. make sure that's a priority for me. I totally um, agree. There's a, such a big difference in between even like my happiness levels when I'm living somewhere where I can walk everywhere versus like now I have to get in the car and drive for mm-hmm. 40 minutes if I want to go anywhere, which is yeah. rough, but it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I, mean, I actually think have you ever heard of the blue zones Mm-mm. there's oh, i can't remember his name right now i want to say it's dan butner he there's uh, an author who wrote a, wrote this book called the blue zones and it talks about how like the happiest and the longest living pop like populations in the world kind of thing and he created this like happiness radar where he rates within like u.s cities and international cities on how happy they are and one of the biggest criterias for that is being able to walk to and from places yeah so it's like it's a thing it's it's part of our i mean it's part of our human makeup right Mm -hmm. we want to be able to use our bodies like we weren't designed to be sitting in cars that's for sure exactly (laughs) yeah so yeah, I mean, when when I was a kid, there were definitely times where I was annoyed with my mom. She would tell us to, like, walk or take the bus places, and I'd be like, give me a ride. Yeah. But now I'm like, I get that. Yeah. yeah. I get it. And, yeah, so she's great. And um, just kind of my mom is definitely very passionate about climate issues, too. So right now she's the leader of a group called Citizens Climate Lobby in um, in Bellevue. So she leads that chapter of Citizens Climate Lobby, which is actually a national organization. But, um, I guess I've always been pretty aware of environmental issues through my parents. Um, and so that kind of stemmed my interest in it. Yeah. So I, I, after studying it more, um, and, uh, so I did, yeah, I did an internship at, the Princeton Office of Sustainability, but the year before that, I did an internship at um, in a, a group called Carbon Washington in Washington. Okay, duh. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> um, it was um, the uh, organization that made Initiative Seven Thirty Two. Yeah. Okay. So has then has like the political stance on on all of that, on like sustainability issues, has that always been a thing for you as well? Cause I feel like that's something that I personally am just not, I just am not, I go down political like rabbit holes. Yeah. So I kind of, anything that's not thrown in my face, I avoid looking up because I just am very, uh, I'm a very emotional human. Yeah. And the more I know, I just, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Which is not a good thing to say and a good thing mm, to admit. No, I think when, I, you know, I think it's, good to be self-aware yeah um for me so yeah I watched my mom she my mom gets very emotional emotional about um environmental issues and climate change yeah and she would get very upset with news and you know documentaries kind of showing all the bad stuff that's happening and it's such a big problem that you don't feel like you have any power right, right. um and um So I, yeah, I'm pretty conscious of, you know, the broader issue of climate change. And um, I definitely was really excited to have a kind of hand in that working on a carbon tax, which is what Initiative 732 was for the state of Washington. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, learning about environmental, um, environmental issues in school and economics, it was like totally practically unanimous that to fix climate change we need to price on carbon it's like yeah for sure just economics (laughs) yeah Um, do you think that um when it comes to like political activism within sustainability how important do you think that that is for people like for listeners who are like 
I feel intimidated or like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Well, I guess I should get back to a little bit more of like my thoughts on that, um, or on kind of my background with it. Okay. Um, so, um, after working on initiative 732, it's like, it can be kind of devastating if you work really hard on something and then it fails, which is what happened in November, 2016, um, which was a pretty devastating time overall. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, um, I, I'm so glad that I was a part of that and my family was pretty involved with it too. Um, but after that, I, um, I was very devastated and for me, like for my own kind of mental well being, I tuned out of the news. Yeah. I was like, I can't pay attention to what's going on. It's a lot. Because there's only so much you can have control over and, um, most things in the news are just, that's what's happening. Um, and you don't have a lot of control. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, as I'm like not even a citizen here, so I really don't have any control, but I feel the same way. But then again, I'm always like, you know, I need to tune out for two seconds and just recuperate and like focus on my own life for a second because politics is just so, it is so overwhelming. But then like somehow it just seeps back in because it's, fascinating at the same time yeah well I, I think it's a really complicated issue because I, you know I think that it's important to be aware of what's going on enough to know when you can do something yeah um and um there are absolutely things that we can do um like we can talk to our our government and our elected officials and tell them what's important to us yeah um for me um I found that keeping up with the news was like bringing me down um, emotionally. And I saw what that did to my mom also, like kind of, you know, always being aware of all the bad things going on. And um, like, um, you don't need that negative energy. Right. So I, at the time, like 2016, um, for myself was like, I'm not going to pay attention to the news. I'm going to pay attention to like being the best version of myself because I know that's something good I can do for the world. Um, like if I have positive energy, that's going to affect the people around me and that in itself can make the world a little better. Totally. Um, I almost feel like I'm in the camp of belief that I think it's very important, like sustainable, like political activism, obviously very important. Not going to take away from that. But because I too get overwhelmed and I think a lot of people do, I feel like just like consumer like the way you live your life as a person and the way you vote with your dollar mm-hmm. is you're making that contribution every single day rather than just with a vote. If Absolutely. that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds so pessimistic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry, guys. I, I mean, so I, I think, um, I, but I guess also I have a business background. So that's why I <laughs> see that as, sorry. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that they're both, very important like yeah absolutely be sure to um when there is a vote coming around um to be active um be vocal you know get your friends to vote talk about the issues that are coming up um and if if it's something that you really care about even getting involved in um shaping that policy like that's something that I worked 
Walker, I kind of worked on the back end of I-732. And um, it's important to get involved if that's what works for you. But at the very least, vote and oh, get yeah. your friends to totally. vote. Yeah, super um, important. Yeah, so, I mean, there's that. But um, I totally agree about voting with your dollar. Um, I kind of saw, so I, I worked at Amazon as my first job out of college. And when I saw, I kind of recognized how big of an impact one company can have. Yeah. And kind of like, you know, we're not um, government, but if we change one thing yeah. in our business, then it can affect so many I people. I just got chills when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, um, I, I mean, at yeah, I was really excited to work at Amazon because um, I realized that if I could have, you know, my impact on um, a company like that, any small change, any small thing that I did there would make a really big impact. Yeah. Um, so that was really exciting for me. Um, in practice, it's a bit harder to yeah. do anything yeah. at all because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. you know, in a big business, it's a lot of bureaucracy. Yeah. Um, Did you do anything related to sustainability there or were you in, like, what was your... Yeah, so um, I started off as a site merchandiser in the shoes department. Yeah. (laughs) So I was in fashion and um, so I started off doing site merchandising, but then I transitioned to be a program manager. Um, And with that role, I got a little bit more flexibility to work on a variety of projects that um, it kind of often was up to what I was interested in or what opportunities I saw for improvement. Okay. Um, so one, I, I kind of had a little bit more control that way. And I also was involved um, in a group called the Sustainability Ambassadors. So that's just a group of employees at Amazon that um, all are you know, passionate about sustainability. Nice. And, um, through that we did, um, there were some things, I think the focus of that at the time was on like how we as a company of individuals can be more sustainable. Okay. Whereas, um, I was a little bit more interested in how we as a company can be more sustainable. Yeah. Um, and it did make some good connections that way because it was run by the sustainability department um, or led by a woman who was, um, in the sustainability office. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was good to get connections with people who worked in that office and throughout the company who cared. Yeah. Um, and I think there's so many things that could be done throughout the company to affect, um, our environmental impacts, um, that that was a great starting point. Yeah. Um, they really are. They're just such a huge company. Like the whole <laughs> world uses Amazon. Exactly. Which is crazy. Like in Seattle, Amazon's just everywhere, obviously. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. So, so yeah, when I was at Amazon, um, what was really exciting to me, like at the time, um, there's a lot of um, improvements that could be made um, through packaging. So yeah. when I got into zero waste, especially, I was like, constantly thinking about packaging and how we can you know reduce waste um and we had there's a whole packaging team at amazon and there's packaging innovation and all this and we have a program called or i uh amazon has a program called um frustration free packaging which actually is um it 
it's called that because it's um it's easier to open um it started in the toys department so you know oh yeah um the basis is kind of um not having annoying packaging packaging that's used for displaying it in a retail brick and mortar store right um given that people buy it online they don't need a plastic window to see it right Especially like, oh, wow, that brings back so many memories of being a kid and like opening a Barbie and it was like a fortress of plastic to get to. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so it started in toys, but in general, um, frustration free packaging is just, um, packaging that's fully recyclable and easy to open. Okay. So, um, generally there's no plastic if it's marked as frustration free packaging. Interesting. Does it say that on the, on the website? Like as your, yeah, it's, um, usually on the product detail page, okay. it will say, um, frustration free packaging. Um, uh, sometimes it's a variation. So sometimes there's two different packaging types and you right. can choose frustration free. Um, so then for anybody listening, would you suggest if they're buying something from Amazon, double check that and then select absolutely. that? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's usually easier for bigger items, um, and if you Google frustration free packaging Amazon, um, you can get to like a landing page about it that kind of gives some background on it, and you can search directly from there. I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> if you search directly from there, it's like refines the search just mm. to things packaged that way. But it is hard because, you know, not all products yeah. are in there, product types. Yeah. Um, so that was like a project that I was working on trying to get that for the shoes department. Okay. Like trying to get shoe boxes that were shippable, you know, use right. small alterations to the shoe box to make it um, something that you can ship instead of putting into another another box box or a bag oftentimes they just put it in a plastic bag because it's cheaper than a box yeah um so yeah I was working on that I don't know where that project is at or if I'm supposed to talk about it yeah but but, so when did you get into zero waste then yeah um it was let's see September of last year 2017 um a friend of mine um actually sent me a video of Lauren Singer. Um, it was a, just a video that was going around on Facebook, and um, it was just about how she fit all of her trash into a jar, and it started off when she was studying environmental science in school and realized that she could do more in her own life to actually yeah. change her own impact. And I think I just really identified with her, and I also wanted to... You know, I was feeling pretty disconnected from, um, I was feeling pretty disconnected with that side of myself, the environmentalist side, because, you know, I felt I had been, you know, throughout college studying the environment and doing things trying to, you know, improve the environment. Um, And then after working at Amazon, and not only was I working at a big company and pushing people to buy more. Yeah. Um, I was also, I had picked up an online shopping habit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was making money for the first time. And um, so I actually had the money to shop. And also every single day at work was, you know, amazon.com in yeah. my yeah. face. <laughs> that would be so, difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you work in a store you're going to be buying things at exactly. that store. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, it's just, it was just so easy. Like, oh, add to cart. That's cool. Yeah. Like, as I'm just working. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, 
yeah, it wasn't super great for me. I was all, I always had, um, like Amazon boxes or stuff like that at my apartment just all the time. And I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) So I was kind of, um, excited about the prospect of having a project to work on, like something that I could work at and try to do. Um, like a challenge, I yeah, guess. <laughs> yeah. I think um, that's a really good way to see it. I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed by it, but if you look at it as like, look, all these other people are doing it. Yeah. Why can't I do this? Yeah. I just want to be better human. Like <laughs> challenge accepted. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, I saw her doing it and I was like, wait, I'm really like not so different from her and she can do it. So yeah. I can do it too. Yeah. And, um, so I just started working at it and, buying less and less and um I mean that was the biggest thing was buying less um and you know it's crazy how much that alone has an impact like I think my first thing that I did this was even before I was into zero waste um I just sort of had this like realization of like people are buying so much like little tiny like crap that they don't need Mm -hmm. it just sits there in a room like does nothing and so I challenged myself um I, was, I went traveling for a year and I was like, you know, I'm not going to buy anything. I think I brought back like one souvenir and it was like a mm-hmm. wooden, um, what are they called? Boomerang. So I was living in Australia, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just crazy how much after that year, like it wasn't even challenging. I was just like, yeah, just don't need things. Like, exactly. do I need it or do I not need it? <laughs> and just that alone, because I, I have shopping problem too. Yeah. Like made such a big difference. Mm-hmm. And like you still have all the regular comforts of your life, you know, like exactly. ask I mean, yourself, do I need you, it or do I not need it? Right. If you didn't need it yesterday, do you really need it? Exactly. Today? Exactly. So, wow. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, to- I completely stopped shopping online and bought almost nothing generally, like as in not including things like food and yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um things like that but um yeah I hope I hope you were buying food (laughs) yeah um but I pretty much stopped cold turkey and then now when I think about it I'm like what was I buying like what was it that was so important I would get just you know random stuff so exactly what you're saying yeah we don't need it um and then yeah I think it it helped that I had just read um, the life-changing magic of tidying up. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I had just read that book a little, probably a couple months before I, um, uh, heard about zero waste. And so I had gone through the process of minimizing. And of course it's crazy. If you've done a lot of rounds of decluttering, the question always in my head is how did this accumulate again? You know? So, um, I, and then learning about zero waste and then reading zero waste home by Bea Johnson. I was like, Oh, I get it. It's, I have, I'm going to have to keep doing this forever if I keep buying new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. um, yeah, I was like, this is going to make my life a lot easier. Yeah. And, um, turned out to also save me a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, ended zero up. Zero waste has saved me so much money. Like I don't even. I haven't had a job for like two years. I've been living off my savings, and it's going slowly. <laughs> nice, nice. But. That's yeah. I think it's given me so much freedom. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I looked at my finances and kind of did a comparison of before and after going zero waste, and I, um, I spent. 
a little bit more on going out to eat and getting coffee. Um, But I spent less money on groceries and less money by less money shopping. And that was by a lot. I spent about $200 a month shopping before I went zero waste. And um, yeah, that's, and that's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Like think about if you had a subscription that was $200 a month, you'd be like, get that out of my life. It's like some, my, who was it? Some like my mom or something a couple weeks ago was like, you know, when you go bulk shopping and you bring your produce bags, because some places don't know how to remove the tear, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, she's like, you're paying for the money of them adding that. And I was like, I don't really care if I spend those five cents because I've saved, like, $500 every month, you know? Yeah. Like, why do I? Cause that was an exaggeration. <laughs> probably not that much. But um, yeah, why am I beating myself up over a couple cents? Yeah. You know, like, it's fine. Yeah. And what about the packaged foods that you no longer buy? Yeah. That were Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I used to, like, I don't know. I think the reason I spend less on groceries, even though I started going to PCC instead of QFC. Right. Um, Which, PCC, if you're not from here, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's sort of like a Whole Foods PCC, right? Yeah, kind of. I think it's better. I love <laughs> PCC. I moved to Fremont because, because of PCC. Of <laughs> um, it's just a grocery store that has a great bulk section, and they're really focused on getting, um, you know, locally sourced, organic foods um and what's cool is they also kind of they don't sell a lot of the bad stuff so they kind of do a lot of the work for you um by kind of curating like if it's not pcc it's probably pretty good yeah Um, interesting and you you're vegan too right how Mm -hmm. did that come when when and how did that come about um so well wait let me finish my okay sorry (laughs) sorry um so the reason I think I spent less on groceries was because even though I was going to a more expensive grocery store and buying produce that was definitely more expensive, yeah. I was not buying any more like packaged snacks and things like that. Yeah. And just that alone, I think, was just a waste of money, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the question about veganism. Great question. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, when I was a kid... Um, starting in about fifth grade, I, in fifth grade, I decided to become vegetarian because I kind of, um, I think it was on Thanksgiving. Um, wow. And power I, move. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it was on Thanksgiving and I don't remember if it was before or after dinner, but I saw the whole turkey carcass and okay. it kind of like, I think I, I knew that meat came from animals, but seeing the whole animal was very different than um, disembodied pieces yeah, yeah. <laughs> that are made to look like food. Yeah. Um, so I saw this bird and I was like, I don't want to eat an animal. <laughs> um, so I always kind of like after that felt um, I would get kind of emotional about it and, you know, not wanting to eat something that wanted to live. Yeah. Um, wow. That's amazing that you had that so young. I think it helped because I had my my cousin and um, aunt and uncle were vegetarian, and oh, we, we okay. were having Thanksgiving with them at the time. Okay, and so I knew that some people chose not to, and it was important, I think, to have an example that some Ooh. people do that. Yeah, you, you know? know that's such an interesting point because I do feel like 
there are some people who go vegan and then they're frustrated that, you know, it's been five years. Why have none of my friends or family gone vegan? But like you make such a good point. If you're now like look 20 years down the road and that like next generation of people that are looking up to you as an example and are, you're showing them exactly like you said, yeah. like I knew that some people didn't eat it. Like I didn't I didn't have any vegetarians or vegans growing up and I just had a, a picture painted of them, you right. know, whereas if you're seeing people in real life. Mm-hmm. from a young age that's huge that's major definitely that's such a good point I never really <laughs> thought about that yeah yeah so I I don't know if I would have thought of it as an option had yeah. I not had that example yeah um and then I was lucky enough um when I yeah I was just in fifth grade and I remember telling my parents I don't want to eat meat anymore and my mom was so sweet she just instantly was like okay I'll do it with you wow yeah so I had that support wow yeah um which was I it would have been so hard I can't imagine trying to you know be a kid in a family that um you know they're cooking for you they're buying your food and you better appreciate it you know or whatever so it would be really hard the extent of your cooking abilities in the fifth grade (laughs) probably toaster strudels Mm -hmm. yeah so not great um so yeah I was really lucky to have my mom um but um yeah so that lasted about two years and then I started getting really into gymnastics and um there were doctors telling me oh you're not you're not getting enough nutrients you you need to eat meat and you know at at that time you know I just wanted to be a great athlete yeah so um, and you know, people of authority telling you that as a kid, especially you're like, okay, yeah, I'll, you sure. know, I'll do whatever it takes. I just want to be good at my sport. Um, so, so yeah, I would, um, I stopped being a vegetarian probably. Yeah. I was probably a little over two years after that. So sometime in middle school. I mean, that's like a long time though. It's like, uh, what are you, how old are you in the fifth grade? Like 10? Uh, yeah, something like that. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, um, I did that and then I would kind of switch back and forth, like, up through high school because if I thought about it too much, I would stop because I would stop eating meat because it just was very upsetting to me because I, I basically ate it because I thought I had to, um, and I would just try not to think about it. Um, and then in high school, I did track. Um, and um, I think, you know, like I said, I went on and off being vegetarian and not. And at one point, I got very low iron. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the classic thing that they will always tell you is eat more red meat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like force feeding myself red meat, which is just ugh, like thinking back. I'm just it's very awful to think about um so yeah I did that and then even through college um I would um I had another coach who would regularly ask me are you a vegetarian and I would say no and then he would go good (laughs) and you know even though every meal it was like an emotional choice yeah um where you know if there was some good option where I didn't eat meat then I would go for that but um 
if it was like the main dish in the dining hall, then I would have that and be like, well, I'm supposed to have this. Um, and, um, yeah. It is crazy how entrenched in our culture that it, it is and how, uh, much misinformation is out there about it. Yeah. Nutrition is just such a complicated oh my gosh, yeah. topic. Oh my gosh. Um, but I, I did even between people who are like interested in, in <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like no matter how much you study it, yeah. you will not fully understand it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the thing is, well, never mind. I won't go out off on my, tangent, <laughs> but I mean, how can we understand it? Everybody's body is different. You yeah, I mean? exactly. Like, I mean, we didn't evolve eating one diet. Yeah. Um, but, um, what's interesting in my case is, um, I remember one summer when I was actually, when I was working at the Princeton office of sustainability and I I was living in a house with, um, I think eight or nine people (laughs) that was, I love looking back on that summer. It was so much fun. Um, I shared, I shared a room and a bed with my friend because that's how little space or money we had (laughs) yeah um wait you shared a bed too yeah (laughs) yeah there was no the room was too small for two beds so but anyways um that summer I basically lived on black beans rice and um kale and zucchini because that was what grew abundantly in a garden I had access to okay um so um and every year for college at the beginning of the year, um, so in the fall, I would have to have a, a blood test to check my iron levels because that was just standard practice for all female runners at, at Princeton. Um, and what was crazy is so I had consistent measurements from, you know, starting in high school. Yeah. Um, and right after that summer of I didn't eat meat, I don't think that summer hardly at all yeah at least not at home and that was the highest my iron ever was so I was like okay this is proof or I don't know who knows what proof is in nutrition world but Uh I was like if that's the highest my iron has ever been then I don't need to eat meat um to have good iron levels um so that was sort of encouraging for me um and then um, my senior year at Princeton, I um, actually, it was either that year or the year before that my parents went vegan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I had that example in my family and I was really surprised by that. My my mom and dad were not even vegetarian at the time because my mom, I think, stopped when I stopped okay. being vegetarian. So it came out of completely nowhere. Kind of, yeah. But um, both of their parents, um, both of them had parents that were um dealing with health issues at the time and I think they were extremely conscious of their health um and you know longevity at that time so they were um doing a lot of research and my mom is a doctor and um you know found that veganism was helping a lot of people and it had a lot of merit to it and um I think it was primarily a health decision for them but I know that the environmental factors were big for them too yeah so um um, so they were an example in my life again, <laughs> how important that is. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I feel like you don't hear, at least with my friends, like you don't hear the reverse mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So, um, they were an example. And then, um, uh, I also took a class by, 
um, I took a class by Peter Singer, um, who is a, a well-known philosopher um, in the animal rights movement, kind of. Yeah. Um, and it was a class called Practical Ethics, and um, it was just so matter-of-fact, like, he's pretty utilitarian, I would say, and um, I don't know, the way he talked about um, animals and how, you know, all lives are equal, we all suffer, um, whether we're human or animal, um, and we can't say that one being suffering is different from another's or less important. Yeah. Um, and so I know his, his teachings really resonated with me and, um, just made so much sense that, um, and then there's environmental factors as well. So, um, I just kind of made the resolution that as soon as I was out of college, done with track, done with all of that, had no, I didn't want to screw up my last track season. So I kind of like stuck it out and not to say that it would have screwed up my track season but after yeah. having that injury and being told um it, it is know. scary like right before you do transition there's this like fear of like what's gonna happen right like, it's more <laughs> it's more just fear of the unknown I think yeah. I, I think I knew that it wouldn't really hurt my health but I didn't want to be trying to figure out how to be an athlete yeah. on this diet while trying to do my final season of track <laughs> yeah yeah no I guess so that. um so yeah I I decided um that when I graduated I would go vegan and so my last ve- my last meal as a non-vegan was on my graduation day of college wow yeah that's, that's cool that you know the day I like I don't know the day I went vegan and it kind of frustrates me because I feel like everybody is always like oh it's my anniversary and I'm like I don't know <laughs> when mine is. in general times yeah fine. I mean I think for a lot of people it's a transition to and not yeah. a cold turkey yeah pardon the language but yeah. um <laughs> it's an expression but yeah yeah um so yeah and I think it was easy for me at the time to do it kind of as a sudden change because I was changing all my habits, you know, yeah. I was moving away yeah. and yeah, leaving, leaving college is a good time to do it actually, because we're going to college. Cause yeah, everything, your whole life, your whole routine, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, you know, like one more thing, but yeah. the one thing that I do regret about it is a lot of people will ask me, um, like, how do you feel different after going vegan? Like what changed in your, um, you know, in your body or how you feel. And I'm like, oh, I feel way better and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I can't actually separate that information from how I felt during college because it was non-vegan before college and then vegan after. And like, I was pretty stressed in college yeah. at times. Yeah, so um, there's that factor as well. Um, and I do have some ways that I can compare yeah. that we could talk about. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it's hard when I want, I want to know that, but definitely, um, switching over when I didn't have a kitchen full of ingredients and items that weren't vegan or yeah. habits about cooking that weren't vegan. Um, I went straight into, um, when I graduated, it, is, it like the whole having things around you thing is a big thing yeah. in any habit. Like even even me, I'm like super into eating healthy, but if and like zero waste. But if my parents have chips and they're out, <laughs> I'm eating them. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I was really fortunate to um, 
when I graduated, I went straight into my parents' house, which both of my parents were vegan. Yeah, so, totally. you know, any meal that they cooked or that we cooked in that house or ingredients in the house were all vegan. Yeah. So that made it a really easy transition. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> and they still are now. Mm-hmm. What did you guys yeah. do for Thanksgiving? Um, let's see. Oh, this year I actually went to my boyfriend's family's oh, Thanksgiving. Okay. And how so. was that? Was that like weird then now? <laughs> <laughs> so my boyfriend's actually vegan as well. Okay. Um, so that helps for sure. Yeah. Um, and then his, um, a lot of his nieces and nephews have, um, dairy allergies uh, okay. or, or I don't know, lactose intolerance. Yeah. So, um, his sister, their mom usually cooks like most of the sides with um non-dairy alternatives yeah. so for the most part we were good we just didn't eat the turkey or certain dishes that had um dairy in them that weren't meant for the kids you know yeah, yeah. so that was pretty good and then um he and I Michael and I um we made a vegan lentil loaf it's kind of like meatloaf but made with lentils nice, yeah. um as a kind of hearty addition yeah yeah a little like replacement yeah (laughs) but I did really miss my mom's um mushroom gravy (laughs) honestly this is like a running thing in my family I just got very excited that you brought up gravy because vegan gravy is so much better than it's like uh, it's so good (laughs) my family calls it vegan gravé it's like actually a thing in my family the whole like even the meat eaters oh my gosh it's so good yeah do you make it with mushrooms also you know, I'm not in the kitchen. It's one of those you <laughs> let my aunts sauce. and my mom take over. Yeah. Um, but I would assume so. Probably <laughs> something along those lines. But it's good. It's so good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I would love the recipe. Oh, I want to know. I'll get it for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Missing gravy was tough. For sure. And then... I saw that you're really into self-help books. Oh my gosh. Weird transition, (laughs) but it says it in your Instagram bio. I know. I recently put that there because I was like, I don't know how to explain this, but it is a passion of mine that I really love self-help books. Hey, a passion is a passion. Yeah. What are your favorites? (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, I mean, okay. The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up truly is life-changing. So if you haven't read it. I haven't. And you know, I have it on audiobook and I haven't even listened to it. Which is you bad. Should. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I I read it on Kindle. I do think it's good to have a lot of it is instructions that you might oh, want to refer to while okay. you're doing something. So I honestly would recommend, uh, you know, a book that you can refer back to, like flip yeah. back. Yeah. Um, but either way, however you want to do it, I think it's it's a great one. Um, I I so I read. Yeah, I go in phases, kind of. So I got in, I at first was into a bunch of minimalism books. Then I got into zero waste books. Um, what are your favorite zero waste books? I haven't read um, any of them. And I've been zero so, waste now for like <laughs> a long time. Almost yeah. Years. So, okay. That's a good one because as a zero waster, I'm sure you're used to a lot of people asking you a bunch of random questions about zero yeah. waste. How do you do that? What yeah. about this? Um, dude, read a book because it has all the answers. Okay, I should because so, I feel like I get questions all the time about things that I'm like, oh, I I don't know because I don't have that need, you know, like right. it's something that I just don't. Absolutely. Like one of the True. big ones is like deodorant. I've literally never in my life worn deodorant. <laughs> like it sounds gross, but because I my thing is like I think because since a, like a kid, I didn't start wearing it, mm-hmm. so my body just doesn't 
Yeah, is he doesn't used to need it. it. I don't know. That's my theory. Either that or I just am genetically blessed and don't need it. That's fair. Which is also my, probably okay, a thing. I normally might think that's weird, but my boyfriend also doesn't wear it and he doesn't seem to need it. Yeah. So like, that's, I mean, that's good. Unless I just am over here smelling and just don't know it. <laughs> Someone would tell you. A like, good I friend would, would tell you. I would you. think somebody would, but um, yeah, I don't know. But that's like a common question I get and I'm always yeah. like, I don't know what to tell you because I don't have an answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I like how I just bring that up in a podcast. Like, yeah, hey guys. I don't wear deodorant. Let's talk. Yeah. It's fine. Let's talk about my <laughs> smell. <laughs> um, Moving on. <laughs> I can't smell you from here, so okay, we're good. 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 I'm glad. Um, so, I mean, uh, yeah. So, I, I think books uh, are great. The... Um, kind of bible of zero waste is zero waste home by bea johnson yeah um but another one i really like is um zero waste by shia sue um her instagram and blog is called wasteland rebel oh yeah yeah okay yeah she was the first vegan zero waster that i found and i was so excited because i do find interesting yeah, I find that an interesting divide, and I know that's like a thing that I've I've seen. I feel like I've seen blog posts talking about it, but I never really read into it. Like, yeah, it's um, very interesting to see that there are some people who are very. I don't know. Sorry, you can explain that. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I see them as really intertwined um, mm-hmm. because you know uh, they you know you're still having a huge yeah, impact. For you're sure. just as a vegan. I I would argue that that might be a bigger environmental impact or a better first step i'm in the same camp yeah yeah. so um yeah it is i think interesting seeing um zero wasters who aren't vegan but also what i've noticed about the zero waste community is that um zero wasters tend to be very okay with having vegan meals and they're usually the ones to suggest a vegan restaurant or um talk about how they're reducing their um yeah for sure animal products and stuff so I think whatever way you're gonna go about it if you're doing something that is awesome I totally agree (laughs) way better than doing nothing yeah (laughs) um and everybody comes at it with their own angle and like different motivators and also like life's a journey you know what I mean like yeah you might have a totally different lifestyle 10 years from now I'm not saying that everybody should like go vegan or whatever I mean I'd like for people to do but uh it's life's a journey and you have no right to like judge another person for where they are in their journey exactly yeah we've all been in different stages yeah um doesn't matter what age you are you're still at your own stage absolutely yeah I think that's a really good reminder about zero waste to zero waste and veganism um, are often thought of in extremes because that's yeah. the examples that you'll think about is somebody who's like super strict, um, keeps all their trash in a jar or would, you know, never eat something that has even a trace of an yeah. animal product in it. But I mean, realistically, n- I don't know anybody like that yeah. on either. Like my either friends are area. always so surprised that like when they first find out that I, I'm into the things that I'm into. I think they get a little bit freaked out. And then after like knowing me for a little bit, they're like, wait, I haven't even noticed either of those things. Like I haven't <laughs> noticed any of the zero waste stuff. I haven't noticed any of the vegan stuff. It just, 
Yeah, because yeah. I'm still human. I'm still living my life. Exactly. Doing my thing, you know? I mean, we we make things into habits, and we're flexible. You know, I think like, um, yeah. There's always little things here and there, and you know, if you're if you're making the big changes or you're making gradual changes, however you're doing that, it's making a difference. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and even. You know, if you look at where I was even five years ago, I was a shopaholic. <laughs> I was definitely wasn't vegan. Mm-hmm. I had a completely different view on life. I was a very judgmental human. Yeah. I was, I had very stereotypical, like, attitudes towards stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I was just totally different human. Totally different. So, That's like. That's so interesting. You can't, I wasn't even, I wasn't into, like, self-love. Yeah. I wasn't into any of that stuff. That's so interesting. Yeah, I think it really has to, like,